0: what's going on y'all it's your boy jared from the land let's podcast give you what you need in news and interviews today i got some on the show i've been trying to interview for probably going on a year and a year and a half now because the man is always busy i got antonio cousins coming on the show y'all i've been knowing him for a while we met through a mutual friend marcus cummins who have been on the show twice and we've been in some trading groups as well during covid <laughs> that's how we got to know each other a little bit but for the further to do let me let antonio introduce yourself to the community welcome to the show right. sir
1: give a brief background about yourself before i do that man i gotta say that intro was fire lord, I, gotta <laughs> feel that, man. lord I, ain't, I ain't never seen nothing like that so yeah i gotta step thank my you, game up man for sure thank yeah you, appreciate it. so yeah man uh my name is antonio cousin born and raised in new orleans i uh, went to mcdonald 35 after that went to lsu Got my undergrad in business, then went to a uni- University of North Texas in the Dallas area, specifically in Denton, Texas, and got my MBA in marketing. Um, the whole time I was doing all that, I was working as a bank examiner for 14 and a half years while also um, doing real estate on the side. I was a realtor. Well, I am a realtor. <laughs> Been doing that for 13 and a half years. So I was doing both simultaneously, man. I uh, started out with real estate as my side hustle, which turned into my main hustle. Uh, this year, 2023, I put out two books. One on how to escape the rat race, you know, basically showing my journey of how I did it, and also a book on how to sell your home in any market. It's called From Listed to Sold: Fifty Five Expert Strategies to Sell Your Home in Any Market. In addition to that, um, father, husband, I uh, have a, a podcast. Me and a co-host, uh, my guy Greg Fassett. he used to play for the Saints. Actually, he has a Super Bowl ring with the Saints. But yeah, it's called the Financial Flows Podcast, where we talk about everything from real estate to personal finance and everywhere in between. So. That's a little bit about me. I'm in the Louisiana area own a brokerage of 23 people uh, servicing the entire Baton Rouge all the way to New Orleans and everywhere, you know, around there. Uh, So we service the entire Southeast Louisiana market, basically. Bet, bet, bet.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Good introduction, man. And y'all need to go check out that financial flow podcast. I was listening to it on the car and trust me, they give you a lot of gems and financial literacy, real estate. uh, financial, I'm telling you, man. Like they teach, they teach a good thing, and and they just started. I think it started what a few months ago, right?
1: Uh, I think it was the first. It was either the first week of April or May. I can't recall, but yeah, we release every Wednesday, man. Uh, me and Greg, it's, I, I like it, man. Cause I, I like the feedback that we get from it. We get some really good feedback, so it's very uh encouraging. And we're hitting a lot of different countries. I think we're in seven to eight countries now, so it's picking up steam, and I'm loving it.
0: Great, great. Congratulations on that, and y'all Appreciate make sure y'all check that out. Financial flow uh, podcast, trust me, all podcast platforms is great. Trust me. I learned a lot from it. All right. So let's get into this interview, man. So let the people know what got you into the real estate industry.
1: Uh, So I've always wanted, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad back in 2007, and that kind of exposed me to it as far as the investor side of it. But in college, I also worked at the apartment complex as a, a leasing agent. So I was always into real estate, per se. But my wife kind of, you know, back in 2009, 10-ish, my wife told me, well, she was my fiance at that time, but she just told me that she thought it'd be a good idea, you know, for something I can look into because I, I identify with people well and I was able, you know, I, ma- I made good connections. I was able to network with people. Um, I'm friendly, you know, a nice person to be around. At least that's what I think. Uh, but I wanted to do it just because extra money, man, to be honest with you. So I got the real estate license in 2010 to make some extra money. And be able to, you know, flexible schedule, work around my own schedule, how, you know, when I'm available. And actually, I loved it, man. I actually loved the the reactions from the clients at the closing table. And that made me want to do it a little bit more than, you know, what I was doing at the time, which was a bank examiner. I didn't feel like I had, like I was adding value, I guess, in a bank examiner role. But I still stayed with it because I'm making good money while also being able to sell real estate on the side. So that's that's why I did it, though. It was really just the money. But I actually enjoyed doing it seeing the clients faces so it made me want it more i guess you know need to look at it that way
0: cool so can you uh the steps how you, how do you become a real estate agent because some people might not know understand how you get into the real estate game
1: yeah so i actually started out in texas man uh um, it's a similar process all over the united states though you go you can go online take different classes all of them are going to have an education requirement um, but I did. I got licensed in Texas from 2010 to 2016. And then I moved back home in 2016 and got my license again in Louisiana. Basically, you're just taking some courses online, studying the test. And then there's there's a uh, after you pass the courses, you have to take the national and the state exam. After you pass that, you're officially a license. You know, you have your, your realtor license. The crazy thing about it is in school, they don't even teach you how to be a realtor. They just teach you compliance. They just teach you how to not get sued, how to follow the laws you learn from that on the job experience and getting with a you know maybe a mentor or somebody your broker that can help you and train you so you come out of school fresh with you don't know what to do because they don't teach you that at school unfortunately
0: <laughs> that's true that's true um some like on one of the episodes in your podcast that's about it's college a scam um <laughs> y'all need to check that episode out it was pretty funny and realistic at the same time but uh so so now we talk about a uh, real estate broker. So explain to people what is a real estate broker and how do you become a real estate broker agent?
1: OK, so when you come out of school, you, you're you just an agent, a salesperson. Right. Uh, to become a broker, you have to be a, in Louisiana. All states are different. But in Louisiana, you have to be a salesperson for four years. And before you can take the class to become a broker. So you take the class and then you pass another test, another state and national test. And then you're officially a broker. So what does that mean? That means you can either stay with your current brokerage where you're at and be called what they call as uh, associate broker. Or you can merge out and go out on your own, you know, leave from your current brokerage and and do your own thing like I did and start your own brokerage. So I will tell you this, just because you're a broker doesn't mean you're necessarily ready to start your own brokerage. Like I I had a mentor that kind of, and I still have that same mentor that's been there, been doing it since he's 18. I think he's 53 or 54 now. So there's a wealth of experience so anything you know whenever i'm dealing with a situation i go to him so he helped me get my company off the ground back in 2020 we started july 14th of 2020 uh, service first real estate but i know a lot of brokers out there who started a company who are not really ready to start a company so just because you get the broker's license don't necessarily mean that you should start your own company
0: i hear that uh, a lot of people disregard mentorship especially somebody who sees it in any in, in industry you want to get into I highly recommend that you get a mentor. It'll save you a lot of time, money, and mistakes. So, uh, if you know someone, if you want to be someone, you want to emulate that person, go out, reach them, ask them if they chose to be a mentorship program, anything like that, and follow their rules and, uh, and instructions. And they help you out tremendously in any in industry you're in. So, let's talk oh. about um, let's talk about how. why Let me go back. So, when you're a real estate agent, can you get people? some pointers or some things they should should or should not do as a real estate agent.
1: Yes, so let me let me go back real quick to mentor. So, okay. the, the purpose of the mentorship or at least in my case was to shorten my learning curve. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to own my own brokerage or open it up a brokerage, but I shortened my learning curve so much by just going to this guy asking for advice and giving me pointers and documents like here's what I do in my my business, you know, maybe you should consider it or at least uh, take a look at it so you can tailor it to w- whatever works for you in your market. And then my mentor, he's not even in Louisiana, he's in Oregon. So mm-hmm. different states, different laws, but it still helps shorten my learning curve significantly. But let me tell you this. So you asked the question about uh, do's and don'ts. One thing that I would want to say is that like, people look at me now and think I'm an overnight success. bro. I've been licensed since 2010. I didn't really hit my stride until 2020. So that's 10 years of, of grinding, hustling, you know, until I really started to hit the grind running, hit the ground running, but like people just started seeing it because I just started posting more in around 2020. The cool thing about it was, well, not cool, but I had another job. At that other job, they didn't know I did real estate on the side. I had to keep my Facebook, my Instagram, all my profiles private, and I had to block them because I didn't want them knowing. Because at the, I worked for the government, and at that particular agency, you had to get that stuff approved. So you had to go through a formal approval process and. One time I did try to go through the approval process from the investor side of things, and it took 14 days and it had a million questions and I didn't enjoy that. So I said, you know, when I get my license, I wasn't going to tell them about it. So I went, I quit the job in December of 2021. So 11 years of blocking people and, you know, just they call it a secret agent. That's what I was, a secret agent. I I couldn't really be myself and be out there on social media like that until now. So people see it now and they think like, damn, he just arrived. I well, man, I've been putting in work for 13 and a half years. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so going back to the do's and don'ts, don't expect to come in and think that you're just going to sell a bunch of real estate right away because it doesn't work like that. Like I say, when you get your license, it takes some time to learn the process. It takes time, honestly. So you have to be willing to go in there and grind, put in the work and learn. The education piece is so important. Uh, a lot of people, they just come in and think they're going to make money. But the, the crazy thing about it is like with real estate specifically the sales part of the business if you're not selling anything you're actually losing money because you have you have fees you have uh monthly fees quarterly fees annual fees so if you're not selling any real estate you're actually going into the hole you're negative so just expect to come in there and not sell anything i didn't sell my first house until 14 months like it took me 14 months to sell a house so just know that going into it you want to have like some kind of cushion set aside. For those times where you don't have any sales because you are spending money on marketing on local dues uh annual you know national dues things like that so keep that in mind um a do would be to get a mentor shadow somebody who's been there before who's done what you want to do uh find out i know a lot of people like myself included i don't have time to to mentor somebody but what i could do or what you could do is find ways to add value to that person find ways to add value to that person and then you you they'll find a way to mentor you in return. Trust me on that. So that's that's a do. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do, who's been there before, and find ways to add, add value to that person. They'll take you under their wing.
0: Cool. That was some great information. I was unaware of the fees that you have to pay monthly. Um, how well can you give me an estimate? Like how much how much fees you pay per monthly for your dues? For, I guess yeah, those fees are going to your broker and to the broker company or something like that.
1: So, man, this is going to vary honestly, man, um, like in my company, for instance, all the agents, they pay a $50 fee a month to the brokerage and that covers like the website, the CRM, uh, all the training platform. We have the coaching, like it covers a bunch of things, but every company is going to have something different where um, the fees are going to go to whatever it is that that particular brokerage has. But in addition to that, you have marketing. If you're spending money on marketing, you have fees for that Um, every If once you get your license, you become a real estate agent to become a realtor by name is a trademark. You have to be a member of the National Association of Realtors. So that has fees involved. There's local fees and national fees. So in addition to that, if you want to be a member of the MLS and have access to all the properties, there's fees involved for that. Those are usually quarterly. In addition, if you want to have the key to open up the lock boxes, there's fees for that every single month. So, I probably, man, I have a, my monthly fees are, are crazy high because I invest in myself. I don't look at it as a fee. I look at it as an investment. It's not a cost, it's an investment. So, I'm at a point where I'm spending quite a bit every month. But, I mean, for the normal person just starting out, you're probably looking at maybe like $200, $150 to $200 a month, something like that. But that adds up if you're not selling no real estate. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're doing this full time and this is your only gig. Okay.
0: So, so, so do you have to pay monthly, or or can you, if you sell a house, can you take out the fees from there, uh, or is the, or you just have to pay per month? Or it depends on the broker. Yeah,
1: it, it depends on the brokerage. It, man, okay. that's the cool thing about this. So, like, with each brokerage, everybody's gonna be different. Everybody's different. Everybody all has a different business model, and they offer different things. So it just depends on the company. Um, but as far as the fees and stuff like the the annual local and uh, national fees. There annually, you can't get around that. that's the fees are what it are what it is. Um, then you have to join a local board like the MLS board. Uh, that's money involved. like it's a bunch of fees, man, but I'll tell you this. So right now in our current market, we have higher interest rates than they have been in the past three years. So what's happening is the market is slowing down. People are still buying and selling because I'm still doing it. I'm just doing it at a slower rate than I normally would be. Um, but what it's doing is it's forcing a lot of agents who don't do any business. To get out of the market and go find other jobs or to go back to their full-time job you know wherever they were if they were doing this on the side so that is forcing a lot of agents out of the market which is good that you know the people that are remaining are the people that are serious you know what i mean so yes yes it's a good thing.
0: definitely um so you explain the do's and those from an agent side can you explain the do's and don'ts from a broker being a broker
1: yeah so if you if you want to go out and start your own company Please talk to someone who's done it before instead of just going out there and figuring it out. Like I said earlier, you can shorten your learning curve significantly by doing it that way. Um, As far as, like I told you earlier, there's a lot of people who get their broker's license and just assume that they should go out and start their own brokerage, but they're really not ready. There's so much, man. Do you realize that as the broker of this company and all 23 of the agents, like I take on liability for all of them so that if they do something wrong, guess who's getting sued? We both are. you got to be willing, you know, be willing to do that. That's why it's very important that you have training in, in place to train the agents. I don't, I don't like to refer them to them as my agents because they're my partners. Like, I have a vested interest in seeing them win. The way it works is it's a commission split. Like, they sell, then the brokers get some money, and they get the, most, the, the majority of it. But I have a vested interest in making sure that everybody wins. So I'm going to train them and make sure that they know, it. you know, as much as I know, because I don't want them to get sued because then I'm getting sued. So just know that, you know, you have to be prepared to take on that kind of liability. But there are also there's some people who get their broker's licenses and they just leave because they want to get 100 percent of the commission. And that's fine, too. And they may not want to start a big brokerage where they have agents under them. And that's fine. Um, If you want to do that for 100 percent commission, just make sure you're ready. That's all I'm saying.
0: Okay, cool, 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 cool. So let's talk about what what was that moment that made you. Because um, a lot of people struggle with being a full-time nine-to-five employee and then going, branching off to full-time entrepreneurship. So what was that moment that made you like, you know what, I'm tired of doing this. I'm going to bet 100% on myself. I'm going to go all in on myself, and go 100% into my business. So what so to describe that moment? Because a lot of people yeah. have that struggle.
1: Oh, yeah. So look, I'll tell you this. So I was working as a bank examiner, making really good money. And at that time, I moved back home in 2016. So I was working from home for the same company. So I was making Texas money, but in Louisiana. So by the time I quit, man, I was making a little over 120000 working from home for the federal government. So I had them great federal government benefits. You know what I mean? So that was tough. It was really tough to walk away from. I'm not even going to lie to you. But I knew I wanted to bet on myself. So in February of 2021, I said to myself that no matter what, I was going to make sure that I'm gone by December 31st. I said that. And when I make a commitment to myself, I always come through because I, I, you know, you you can't confuse, you can't put it like this. I said, I'm going to, whenever I say I'm going to do something, my word is everything. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Even if that's to myself, I made a commitment to myself. So by the time I walked away, it was December 17th. So two weeks earlier than I had wanted to, but I knew I had arrived because I had come to the point where I was making more in real estate than I was on a full-time job. And the full-time job was actually slowing me down from making the amount of money I can make in real estate. So I had gotten to a point where I just wanted my freedom. I like being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Like scheduling this podcast with you. Like I, all I had to do was look at my personal schedule to make sure I didn't have no conflicts. I didn't have to ask anybody for for leave. You know what I mean? I had to take sick leave, annual leave, none of that stuff. I do what I want, and that's what I enjoy, man. That time freedom, being able to do me. And that's what I've missed. That's, what I, that's why people get into real estate, but they, I feel like they don't fully respect the grind. Like you have to grind and put in work to get where I am now. I'm still putting in work every day. I got a killer morning routine. And if you want to know about it, I could tell you.
0: Well, yeah, tell me about it. Every me. single day. Yeah.
1: Okay, so every single day, I wake up at 5 a.m. Every single day, the weekends included, 5 a.m. And uh, Monday through Friday, uh, I wake up, come in the office, my home office, and I get on a Zoom call with the team. We get on at 5.15 in the morning. Um, it's usually about 15 to 20 minutes. I started off with a like a motivational quote, and then we go around the room just sharing, like, what are our goals for the day? And I don't get all 23 participating, ever. <laughs> um, the most I've ever gotten is seven at one time. So it's usually between three and seven people. So we share our goals for the day, and then we we started maybe about a year and a half ago where we do a book club. So we just finished this book today. It's called uh, How to Sell Anything to Anybody. So we, we read a book basically, and we like we take a couple chapters each night, and then we come to the table the next day and talk about our takeaways, what we learn. After that's done, um, I read my books, whatever the reading is for the night. I read about 30 minutes to 45 minutes, and then I go and I converted my garage to a gym during COVID, so half of my garage. So I go work out for about 45 minutes to an hour, come back, take a shower, get the kids ready for, to go to school, and then I'm starting my workday. All that time I'm on Do Not Disturb because I don't want anybody to mess up my piece. Like that morning time is my time. I don't want any calls, texts, any of that stuff to come through. And then it just disturbs my, what I have, my routine, basically. Like I'm proactive instead of reactive every morning. I think if you, if you come from it from that standpoint where you're proactive, you could win the morning every single day. So the same thing on Saturdays and Sundays. I get up at 5. The only thing is I just don't have my Zoom call with my team. So I just spend more time reading. I read a lot of books, like a whole lot of books, man. Like, you get so much information from books. I think people are sleeping on that, man. I, I, you heard about it on the podcast. I was telling you, like, growing up in New Orleans, like, at, at least my childhood, people used to rip me. Like, I tried to pick up a book. Like, oh, that boy I read books. You know what I mean? So it's from the pond. <laughs> so I never used to read, man. Like, I, I, I just went with the crowd. You know what I mean? That peer pressure. I didn't start reading until, like, my late 20s. I'm 39. I didn't start reading until my late 20s. I'm like, damn. I've been missing out all this time, man. I get so much information from books, then I take action on that information, or so That's the key part, taking that action. So but that's my morning, man. Pretty much. It's, it's spent on doing me and getting focused for the day and not letting the world distract me. Like emails and Instagram and notifications. Why oh, I keep my notifications off, man. I gotta stay on task.
0: Right. I, I agree with everything you just said. Like I even started my own um morning routine after listening to y'all's podcast. Um I start. I started putting like "Do Not Disturb." I walk. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I listen to. E- I know y'all listen to ET every, every time I say "Pop Preacher." i um, listen to him, so get my mind right for the day. So uh, having that morning routine, I work out daily as well. I get up early too. I'm just natural. I just naturally get up early. Um, and also, when you said that you were free when you started your own business, I know. I don't know if people are familiar with Robert Robert Smith, the Black billionaire. He said the same thing. He said, you're truly not financially free until you start your own business or entity. So I like that statement you said. Um, So let's talk about since we talk about books. Let's talk about how you created and started your two books and what what, would inspire you to do so. So let's talk about that process.
1: Uh, To be honest, I just the way I look at it is I like to impact the masses. Right. And if I put it in a book, then it can impact more people. So the first book I released on February 28th is uh I'm out, escaping the rat race, one income stream at a time. That's what the book is called. It's a short book, 41 pages, quick and short and to the point. Like I don't know fluff.
0: You got and any book, You got the book on you? Like you got yeah. A
1: hard copy? Yeah, I got plenty, man. Hold on, man. Hold on one second. <laughs> one second. What was I thinking? Why oh, didn't I did not have this next to me? So yeah. Um so I got this book came out February 20 28th. And, uh, it's been man, also, uh, about 400 to date, about 446 copies, something like that. Um, it's available on my website, gotincomestreams.com. That's gotincomestreams.com. But in the book, I just talk about escaping the rat race, man. Like, how, what is it? How I was able to do it, and then, uh, the process, like a framework behind it. So, in that book, man, I gave
0: You still there? Technical difficulties. You still there? Can you hear me?
1: Three pages. And I put it together. It's just basically it's for homeowners, man. Anybody who who are thinking about selling their home, if with or without a realtor. You know, it just gives them tips and strategies on how to sell your house so with or without a realtor that's for homeowners or realtors can buy it for you know strategies and ways to sell their existing inventory so that's that's what i did this year though i want to work on one more though man i'm working it'll probably be out next year it's basically like if i could do it all over again from a a team like if i could do it all over again to escape the rat race and hit financial freedom what i would have done at an earlier age so all
0: right cool 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 i like that i like that um what was the process? Like, what was the process? Did you hire an agency to help you create the book? Um, you did it all on your own?
1: Yeah, I just sat down, got a word document, put out put together an outline, and then I just start typing for okay. you know a while. Like every you know, I wake up early, so I just get in the morning and stay up a little later and just type, 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 and then once I got it to where I thought it was good, I hired somebody on Fiverr to make it look good. Uh it started okay. out as a as an ebook. It started out as an ebook. And then I hired somebody to, to make it the Kindle formatting to get it on Amazon. I wouldn't recommend you buy from Amazon, though. You can just buy directly from me. Uh, but it is on Amazon. But okay, yeah, I just man. got somebody to put it on there for me. But that's it. Just I,
0: type got you, it. I got you. That's what's up. you making it sound easy. real easy. <laughs> it's,
1: all right, uh, people. All right. So that, I'm glad you brought that up. It really just depends on you and your mindset, honestly. With anything. With anything. Like, I, yeah, it's easy. I say it's easy, but it's really just how you feel up here, honestly. You, you can say it's hard, then it's going to be hard. But you can say it's Bruh. easy, and it's going to be easy. So it really just, you know, it's on you. But yeah, I, I do this, man. I feel good, bro. I'm, I, I'm getting so much accomplished, bro. And I, I write my goals out. I, I forgot about that. That's my morning routine. So I read my goals every morning and every night. Right here, I, I printed them out. I have one next to me. Oh, you can't see it because of the, yeah. the background. But yeah, I have one next to me on the uh my nightstand one next to me on my desk and one next to me in my uh, content studio and i always see it man it's always in front of me and i attract it because i'm it's always top of mind i agree with that
0: statement when i um i forgot who I, I forgot who i listened to he said so start writing your goals down and every goal i wrote it might not come as soon as you want but eventually it's going to come as long yep. as you keep working on it as long as you keep chipping out, working out that list um Exiting out uh, competition, everything, man. Trust me, write down your
1: list and your goals because it works.
0: Everything yeah. I wrote down so far, most of everything I wrote down on my goal list, I've accomplished.
1: Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn was the one I got it from. Okay, that dude is a beast. He's been gone, he's been dead for years, man. Still, an unofficial mentor for me because all this stuff on YouTube and you know, I can just listen to it whenever I want. That dude is a beast. It? What's his name, Jim Rohn? Eight, uh, R-O-H-N
0: general okay I'm gonna have to check them out okay. Yeah, beef. okay 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 all right so uh so you had the same topic on your podcast uh, should you go to college or should you just do, uh, do, do something else Um trying to avoid college and college fees so what do you recommend with somebody who wants to get into the real estate industry should they go to school, maybe get a business degree, or finance degree, just to help them with their uh, real estate business, or should they just go ahead and get, get a mentor, get certified, get in the game, learn, and start earning. So that's going to
1: depend on the person, because like mm-hmm. like we talked about on the podcast, college is expensive, man.
0: Yes. Like, uh, I, don't,
1: I don't necessarily know if it's worth it unless you're doing like a STEM major, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, a hack would be going to a junior college for two years, you know, saving that money. Getting your associate's degree and then going up for you. But I mean, everybody everybody not able to get a scholarship. I, I had a full ride. That's why I did it. Full ride. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay for nothing. I was there five years. I ain't paid for nothing. None of those five years, all scholarships, man. But um, like a, a lot of people racking up crazy debt now, man. That, and then they're getting a job that they'll never be able to pay that back. Not immediately or not over the next five, the short term period. You know what I mean? It's, it's a long term thing. And they just get all these student loans that set them back is the trap that we live in i talk about it in the rat race like we, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's a cycle bro so as far as getting a, a real estate license you can get a real estate license and start right out right at 18. like you can start right away at 18. um you don't necessarily need college for that you just need to find a good broker that's going to mentor you and show you the way and train you appropriately um but i i think college the the benefit of it is the the networking aspect man you can network with so many people. You know, I still talk to all my, you know, my my relationships that I built at LSU. You know what I mean? And I, I'm an alpha. I, I pledge at LSU. So we got a good network there as well that I rely on. But that will be the, the benefit of college is just meeting those people that are building those relationships that you can rely on for years later. But is it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> depends on the major. <laughs> it depends on the person. If they have the financial
0: means. <laughs> I got you. I agree with that statement. Like if if it's nothing, if it's not in STEM or you're not, um, you know, architecture or, or a lawyer or something like that or a doctor, <clears throat> I wouldn't recommend spending all six, six figures for a degree. Um, we no. might not even make
1: that. Everything you want to know is on YouTube, bro. So you, <laughs> can, you can buy books, you can pay for courses, you can go on YouTube, man. You can learn anything out there if okay. you're not a stem agent but you can learn some yeah. of that stuff on there too but you need the degree to actually get the, the job or whatever right but man they got so much out there you know that you can learn online so many free resources
0: so i glad you said that so my concern is um since covid a lot of people has gotten into the uh, content course creation aspect right so i know you i know you reputable we got i know do you uh network with people and stuff like that so how is it, how do you determine when someone is giving you real or fake real estate information? Because they got people that'll be selling a real estate class and they say, oh, you follow me, I mentor you, I guarantee you, we can make this money, we can flip, just um, like, well, I ain't gonna say no names, but they got <laughs> realtors, people that look like us promising you get into this fund, you can get money back and they uh, rob people um, blind. So, you recommend to find somebody that's reputable or fake
1: so look i'll tell you this that phone you talking about i'm an investor mm-hmm. in that phone so mm-hmm. I already know. yeah hey bro mm-hmm. i did i did it for the culture mm-hmm. never again but how you find out if they're real or fake uh everything is on google nowadays man you can search anybody so do your due diligence see who uh may know them and who may have done business with them before um like i said i i invested in it just I invested, I only did a thousand dollars, so I'm not tripping, but okay. a lot of people have done more and it's unfortunate, but I should have went with my gut. I just did it for the culture. You know what I mean? Um, but just do your due diligence because there is a lot of things out there. But also I'll tell you, um, like there's levels to everything. So like, I don't know everything. I'm an investor. I'm a real time, all that stuff, but I could put a course together where my target audience or my target client for that course may not be the person that's a level above me because they already have that information. So it really just depends on where you are. You're trying to meet people where they are. And uh, in my course that I'm building out right now, it's for the person that has a nine to five that doesn't like what they're doing and they know there's a better way, but they just don't know how. They don't know what, how, what they need to do to get there. So they, they're tired of going to work, making money only to have to pay it back out in bills. You know what I mean? They're looking for a solution to have some extra income coming in so that they can get off the, the, the hamster wheel, the rat race per se. So that's what that's what my course is for. It's not for the person that's already made it; they already have, multi, you know, a, a ton of cash. Like they, that's not who it's for. So you have to identify. You have to make sure that whatever course or uh, whatever you're gonna buy, make sure you're the target audience. You, you make sure you fully understand what you're getting yourself into, and doing your homework, your proper due diligence before you get into it. That's all.
0: Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. So let's talk about um, how real estate can help someone create generational wealth. Um, we've, we've been here, like they have, like, again, they have actors that tell people don't buy a home because all it is is, uh, the money, the bank gets your money and you're not really getting no benefit from it, which is a total lie because we buy real estate property, it always goes up and you can pass it down to the next generation. So can you explain to people? How important is they have real estate property or uh, investment property or even just being able to invest into like even stock market when it comes to REITs real estate investments and, REITs and trust stuff like that
1: yep i'm glad you brought it up bro because i ain't even bring it up earlier so when it comes to real estate <laughs> I, I love this stuff like me and a group of 600 people we teach real estate investing every single tuesday night and have been doing so for over three years now every single tuesday night we, we may have taken off two maybe three nights over the last three years so we teach a different a different topic. All of it's free, by the way. It's just a way to give back to our community. We love real estate investing. We love the power of it and what it can do for you. So that's why we're so committed to doing it. But uh as far as myself, man, I'm a own, I have a part, I have an ownership interest in 253 doors. So 253 doors around the US. Uh 240 of that is an apartment complex in uh Georgia, Dalton, Georgia. Uh the other 13 are local to Louisiana that I own. Um, some with partners and some with just me and my wife. Uh, I love it because every single property in America goes up in value over the long term. So a lot of people get into real estate investing thinking it's going to make some quick cash. But it ain't quick cash. It's the long term, like building generational wealth, like you talked about. Like You benefit from the appreciation of the property going up in time, over time, I mean, over the long term. But you also get the cash flow every single month. So yeah, it may not look sexy to get $200 every month or $300 every month, whatever you're getting. Uh, but when you start to stack that on property, on property, on property, an extra thousand to 1500 to $2,000 a month, that can actually make a, a lasting impact in someone's life. So you have to consider it from that aspect. And then a lot of people, they don't even realize that there's tax benefits from owning real estate. Why do you think most, most millionaires, I think the, the latest statistic I heard was 95% of all millionaires own residential real estate for investment property purposes. They own investment properties because they realize the tax benefits of it. So I just mentioned you can make $200, $300 a month or whatever it is per property, whatever your guidelines is and your threshold for when you're doing your homework. But whatever you make per month, you don't even pay taxes on all that money because there's something called depreciation where the government allows you to take tax deductions against that income. I'm not going to go into detail on it because I don't want to confuse people, but it's crazy. I'm, I make this money you know, in real estate, but I don't even pay taxes on all of it. Cash ca- Tax-free to my pockets, cash flow. Um, not only that, we talked about uh this is one that a lot of people don't realize, but it's called inflation profiting. It's when basically you're locking in long-term re- long-term debt at a fixed cost, and over the time period, they can't come back to you and say, you know, I want you to raise. Uh, let Let me just give you an example, make it easier. So let's say I lock in a payment today, thirty-year uh, principal interest payment of a thousand dollars a month. So I'm paying back the loan a thousand dollars a month. Okay. I'm paying it back today. Let's say ten years from now, 2033, the bank can't come back to me and say, "I need you to pay more than a thousand dollars a month now because of inflation." Nah, I locked in in for 30 years. So as we know, the dollar decreases in value every single day due to inflation. So if the if inflation is at four percent currently, that means my dollar today is only going to be worth 96 cents next year. So if I'm locking in a fixed rate payment, a fixed payment, I mean, of a thousand dollars, for instance, in this example. Next year I'm paying it back with cheaper money because I just showed you that the, the value of the dollar goes down every day. So you need to take that dollar or your money and invest it into something that's going to go up in value to beat inflation. That's residential real estate for me. Residential and commercial. I don't want just limited, but that's that's real estate. And that's why I love it, man. There's way more benefits to it. But that's at a high level, that's why I love real estate. It's so much you can do, man. And you provide like homes, you provide uh housing for. People, you know what I mean? Like why you you should appreciate that. A lot of people out there is slum lords, man. You don't never want to be a slum lord. That comes back. I am a big believer in karma, man. You want to treat people fairly, you want to give them a nice place to rent, and they're gonna in turn pay down your mortgage for you. You're gonna pay off your mortgage, which is gonna increase your equity over the long term and paying you every month. Like it's it's a win-win. You can't beat that.
0: Can you explain
1: what equity is? Some people don't know what equity is. Facts. So uh, equity. So if you have an asset, let's say the house is worth $100,000. That's an asset, right? The house is worth $100,000. And then you have a loan against it of, let's say, $80,000. That mean, 100,000 minus your 80 is $20,000. That's your equity in the property. So assets minus liabilities equal equity. So that, that's all it is, just the amount of money that you have in the property. And if you want to take another advanced level, you need to take that equity and use it because equity in the house is stuck in the house. But you can get a line of credit, you can borrow against that equity, which we ain't talk about leverage. You can borrow against that equity and do something with it by buying more properties or uh, uh more income streams. It's all about income streams. That's that's the purpose of my book. I'm trying to showcase that you wanna buy income streams. You wanna have money coming to you every month to help so uh you know take care of your lifestyle and pay for your living expenses. Like the cash flow is everything.
0: Can you give an example how someone can leverage uh the line of credit, a HELOC, or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, I tell you, I, I do it myself. So no, I got yeah. a uh, on my primary residence. So I got a HELOC on it, which means let's just for example purposes, it's not true numbers, but let's say my house is worth five hundred thousand. All right. So let's say my loan balance on the house is three hundred thousand. That means my equity in the property is two hundred. So what you can do at that point is go to the bank and they'll give you a loan against that two hundred thousand dollars in equity let's say they give you 80% of that of of the 200,000. So 80% of 200,000 is 160. So they'll give you a line of credit for $160,000. What you can do with that money, whatever you want honestly. You tell them that you're going to use it for house improvements cuz it's easier to get the approval then, but then you take that 160,000 and do whatever you want with it. I make loans with mine. So I may take, you know, money out of my HELOC and go lend it to somebody who needs to borrow money and then I make the arbitrage. So whatever I'm paying on the HELOC I just make the difference from whatever I'm charging to borrower or to borrow from me. And I take a lien out on a collateral if it's a real estate property to protect myself. So it's, it's a bunch of different things you can do with that money. But you just have to understand money and know that money is a currency. It has to be put to work to benefit you. You can't just have it sitting there because you're losing money. I mean, you're losing your purchasing power due to inflation. So you got to put that money to work.
0: That's what's up. That's a whole lot of game right there. People, that's a whole lot of game right there. Uh. I got a few more questions. I know you're you're busy, man. We got a few more. We got about 17 more minutes left. Um, question So, I people go on uh, Instagram, social media, wherever it may be, all we always hear bird method, bird method, bird method. Can you elaborate on that? And do you recommend someone maybe who's not seasoned in real estate to get into the bird method strategy?
1: The bird method, oh, you got both of those. Game changers, both of them. Uh, I get a lot of clients who like the house hack. And when when he's saying house hacking, y'all, he's talking about basically buying a house. It could be a single family house and renting out rooms within that house. Or it could be a multifamily and renting out the other units. So like if I have a duplex, I live in one side, I rent out the other side. The benefit of doing that is because whenever you're buying a property as your primary residence, you get favorable loan terms, meaning you don't have to put down as much as a down payment as somebody who's an investor would. So if you're buying a property as your primary residence. You can get a loan product anywhere from zero percent down to five percent down. Just depend on the loan product that you go with and that you qualify for. So the benefit of that is you only got to live there a year before you move out of the unit that you had that you were uh, living in and repeat the process. That's all you got to do one year. So the, imagine doing that every year and scaling up your portfolio. That's that is the way to do it. So especially if you're a younger, you know, somebody that's relatively young. And you uh, want to start out, but you don't have all the money. The cool thing about it is, the lender will allow that vacant unit or vacant if it's a fourplex, the, the other three units. They'll take some of that income from the property to help you qualify for the property. So it's 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 crazy, man. So that's house hacking. Uh, I can get a little more deeper into it, but that's the basis of it. Uh, when it comes to the Burr method, he's talking about B R R R R. So buy, renovate, uh, rent, refinance, repeat. So you buy the property. It has to be something that needs value, like a value add. So something that's um, a, a beat up property that needs work. All right. So you buy the property, you fix it up. So you fix it up, bring it to, you know, like new condition. Then you put a tenant in there, rent it out. Then you go to the bank and say, look, I need a loan on this property. They'll give you a loan to pay, you know, reimburse you for whatever you already spent to acquire the property and fix it up. And then you just repeat the process. You take the money that they just gave you. Start the process over that's one of my favorites because all you're doing is recycling the same money so like let me get i wish i could give you an easy example with numbers but no i don't want to confuse people so let's, let's just say i'm taking my cash and this is what i've done took my cash went out and bought a property took my cash went out and fixed the property up put a tenant in there then I went to the bank and told them I, you know, I needed a loan against the property because right now it's all 100%. Like I, I put the money in there to fix it and I put the money to uh, to acquire a property. So now the bank is going to give me, a, they're going to appraise the property, which is going to go up in value because I fixed it up. So forced depreciation, it was what they call that. Now they will give me a loan. So I get all my money back that I put in initially, the cash that I used to fix it, get all that money back. And the cool thing about that is whenever you get a loan, it's tax free Like you don't pay Money You don't pay taxes on a loan, ever. So I got all that money back and now I got a tenant in there that's paying me every single month and it's paying me an amount that's higher than whatever that loan amount is that they're giving me to give me the loan. And then I can take that money that I have back in my bank account now and go repeat the process. So that's how you build wealth over time by utilizing the same money. Like this, man, if you can realize that it's the same money, you're just recycling it. And every time you do it, you coming away with an asset, a house, and a tenant that's living there now, paying you, so they're paying down your loan, increasing your equity, and you making money every month. It's a no-brainer. And you still get the tax benefits that we talked about. Crazy, bro. And that's the thing. Yes. A lot of people don't have the information. That's that's the, the, main, the main part, honestly, is the education piece. So you have to seek the knowledge. First of all, a lot of people don't go out there and try to seek the knowledge. I sought the knowledge out in 2007. I didn't buy my first property until 2018. Because I was scared. 11 years wasted. I could have had so many properties paying me all this money, but I was scared, bro. Don't be scared. You got to take action. I'm sorry I had to say that. But that, man, that's one of my biggest regrets in life is being scared to take action those 11 years. I just kept reading about it saying, oh, one day, one day I'll have the information. One day I, you know, I kept coming up with excuses, basically. Are like, you, nah. I'm tired yes. of excuses.
0: Yes. More execution, less excuses. I feel you right. on that. I, be- right. I believe that um i think a lot of people wait for the perfect situation that perfect situation ain't gonna happen you just got to get in the game um i know people are scared i know you you, you're gonna risk losing some money but would you rather risk some to gain a lot or risk nothing and be in the same situation you're in currently like you got to do something to change the game um i like that i like what you said so let me ask you this um because i now that i learned all this information i kicked myself in the butt so many times just imagine if i was in my 20s and had this information i could have been house hacking all this time and i would be a multi-millionaire by now something crazy um so what do you recommend for people who are who are who are highly interested into real estate investing should they go into the um real estate route get their license so they go wholesaling or just just don't worry about it just hire their own real estate person to do the deals, find a property. What do you recommend? Or, or you like you say, all depends on the person.
1: Yeah, it's gonna depend on the person. But I'll tell you this: like uh, with me, I got my license because I wanted to have access to the deals and be able to go into the properties without having to wait for a realtor. And I wanted to get commission. The cool thing about that is, I get, I buy deals, and I'm getting a commission on the property I purchase. Like I'm getting paid too. You know what I'm saying? So. It's going to depend on the person. A lot of people feel like they shouldn't get their license to become investors because when you have your license, you're upheld to a different standard. You have you have to disclose up front that you're a licensed real estate salesperson, but you also upheld to a different standard because, you know, more you have more uh, information handy, you know, at your disposal. But a lot of people, some people do wholesaling because it doesn't require much money upfront, It doesn't require credit checks. It doesn't require um you spend money on marketing. That's the people you see The we buy houses cash. You see the bandit signs around town. Yeah, and you can make quick cash with that, but you pay some hefty taxes on that money you make too. It's short. It's ordinary income, so you're going to be taxed at ordinary income rates. So um, it just depends on the person. What I will tell you as far as getting started, though, there's so much free game out there. Like I told you, we do it every Tuesday night on Zoom, so it's virtual. You can do it from anywhere around the country. We got people from all over the country on there. But in addition to that, Every single city, major city in the U.S. has what they call a REIA, R-E-I-A, so Real Estate Investor Association. So look up um whatever city you're in, New Orleans, REIA, Google that and watch what comes up. A lot of times you'll have multiple ones. I know in the Baton Rouge area, because I live closer to Baton Rouge now than I do New Orleans, but uh, they have two that meet monthly. Go to those local REIAs and just network with people within there and just listen to the education. It's always... Sometimes they'll charge a little $10 fee or $5 fee to cover the cost of the room. But it's last working. time it's free. It's free. Yeah, you, you get to network with people that's actually doing deals. Remember, we talked about finding a mentor. You could possibly find a mentor out there. Um, you learn because they're out there teaching something. They're gonna have a topic each month where they're teaching something. So that would be a good step in uh you know, you know, as far as getting the investment side of it and getting started. But don't be scared. That's one thing I wish I could take a, you know, go back to. I just I was scared, man. But you would never know everything. <laughs> Never. like You will never know everything, ever. Just okay. take action.
0: So um, um, since we both married, I know that when it comes to finances, financial literacy and being an investor and getting in the real estate game, I know that sometimes being married and having a spouse limits some people because their spouse is very uncomfortable putting up the amount of money to get into a real estate property or do a buy and flip or something like that. How do, how do you navigate the situation being a, real, a realtor with your clients or how, even in your own personal with your uh, wife? How did you get her being on board in the game?
1: Uh, take them to the meetings with you. <laughs> 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 Jordan, Jordan, uh, like I bought it, man. It's crazy. But I spent uh, a little over a thousand dollars on a course because I wanted my wife to understand why I wanted to do this. Like I wanted mm-hmm. her to see the bigger picture. Of what it could do for us, you know. So exposing them to the information. Um, as from the realtor side, when I have when I face those kind of situations where I have the spouse that you know on the fence about it, I just show them what I'm doing. Like I can't guarantee any returns, can't guarantee anything, but I'll show you what mm-hmm. I'm doing. If you like what I'm doing, then you'll move forward. If you don't when I'm if you don't like what I'm doing, that's fine too. But I'm just exposing you to the information. I'm sharing my story with you and what I have going on and how I got here. I'll help you along the way, but I can't guarantee anything It's on the person. Right. I, I, like,
0: I like that. I like that. So, uh, because, well, my wife, um, <laughs> she's more of the more on the conservative side, mm-hmm. but, I, I, but me bringing it like I did, I brought her to, uh, Eric Thomas, uh, when he came to new Orleans and, uh, we listened to not, uh, Jamal King nine five millionaire and that opened up her eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like Jamal King always say, exposure leads to expansion. So that opened yeah. up her eyes to real estate games. So now she got more comfortable. Um, right now, we got three three properties total. Um, so that's what I want. That's my next question. So, do you all offer property management as well? Because that's another thing people really don't know about real estate agents. Real estate agents can be your property manager as well and manage your uh, long term or even short term uh, Airbnb properties, if I'm not mistaken. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, okay. I don't offer it. The company doesn't offer it. It's just so many uh, rules and regulation that you have to follow when you come into it. The, and then fair housing, like it's just mm-hmm. too much that I don't want to take. Remember, I told you earlier, I'm I'm liable for everything that any agent does at the brokerage. I don't want to okay. take that on. I don't want that's That's a different set of learning. Like I manage my own stuff, but I'm not willing to uh, take on that from the brokerage level. I'm just I'm not I'm not at that point, man. So I, I would outsource that out if I were you all. If you don't want to do it yourself, because it does take time, I'll tell you in the instances where some people may feel like, like a house hat, for instance, they may feel like uh, they don't want an, the tenant to know that they live next door. So what I've seen is they'll get their cousin or aunt or any family member to act as if they're the landlord and they'll be the ones in contact with the tenant next door. So then the person next door never knows who actually owns it. They think it's somebody else when it's the next door neighbor. And that helps because you know how you act a different way when, you know, the landlord living next door to you, as opposed to if they didn't, you know what I'm saying?
0: So, right. I agree with know. that. I like, I like that. Heck, I like that. So when somebody's looking for a property manager, what are some um, ways you can know if they're legitimate, if they're good, bad? Um, because now there were people like myself, I'm building my portfolio. Um, I have a property manager, but um, I'm looking like, if I want to do something out of state, how would I know if they're good or not? Google. So Google,
1: look, for look for reviews, like um, mm-hmm. reviews will be the best bet, honestly, and ask them for references. Obviously, if they're going to give you a reference, they're probably going to give you the best people that they've ever worked with because they're going to give them a, a good reference. Right. But you still want to ask them and ask them those challenging questions just to see, uh, you know, kind of gauge if you go with your gut, like gauge what they're saying. And if it feels fake, then, you know, it's probably not a good sign. You know what I'm saying? So Google, though, definitely Google uh, property managers to see that okay reviews.
0: reviews okay um since since COVID hit our world and stuff like that has Kovac impacted your business in any, in any way she form,
1: or now nah, it doesn't even bother you anymore uh it did at the very beginning um i'll tell you they had a house i that's so COVID. it came what march of 2020 so they had yeah. a house that i sold in april of 2020 or may april or may of 2020 and i'll tell you that was right at the very beginning of you know of everything and everybody was scared to do anything so I actually sold this house. I was on the buyer's side, and I never actually stepped foot in the house. Crazy, huh? So my <laughs> buyer, I set it up to where my buyer was able to go there with the sellers only, which I never advised. I always want an agent present, but we were dealing with some, you know, tra- some different times at the time, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. my buyer went there with the, without me. I set it up. The buyer went for the inspection. I wasn't there, and then I, you know, I sold it. Never seen the property. I saw it on pictures, but never, you know, visited. It was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but not, not not anymore though. Like everything good, non, no problems with COVID, so. I got you.
0: All right, so since you um, were both black males
1: in the industry, you could
0: face some type of um, uh, racism or any being a not in business. Had that ever happened to you in your field?
1: Nah, I mean, no. I mean, I don't allow, if it did, I wouldn't have noticed. I don't allow that to hinder my success, period. Mm. Uh, I don't know what you know about me, but i don't I don't let none of that stuff stop me. If I gotta go set on something, like I' like right now, I'm focused on multifamily. Like I wanna get large multifamily. I told you about the one apartment complex in Georgia, but not, now my focus on is on strictly that. So I'm not really buying single family rentals right now unless the deal is too crazy where I can't pass it up. But I am like one hundred percent committed to multifamily right now. I'm going to two conferences next month in Orlando. Um, I went to one in January. I just finished a 10 week bootcamp with bigger pockets. Like I'm, I'm 100% trying to be on that side because that's like life changing money. I mm-hmm. want to be, I'm scaling up. Is is remember earlier I said it's levels. Like I've yes. had my fun at the, the single family and small mm-hmm. multifamily, but now it's time to, to level up and go for the big deal. So that's what I'm working on, man. That's and, what's up. I like, that, yeah, I like that. I want to mention something though. Cause you had, you mentioned earlier that we both black males. Uh, I'm in the organization, man, called the 100 black men of Baton Rouge. And Mm bro, like I I told you earlier, impact, like I'm all about impact. And we do so many amazing things in the community, bro. Like I'm focused, like every, we have probably like 200 members. So like you get in wherever you fit in and my focus is straight personal finance. So I am one of the instructors for this program. We have called dollars and cents It's an eight week program where we teach everything from real estate, stocks, credit, insurance, taxes, uh, the the wealth gap and why it exists, like it's an eight week program on Sundays, that two hour program we teach high school students and they don't have to be males. It can be, it's co-eds. So we've been doing that for, I've been a part of that for about three years now, three going on four years. And I teach that. And then we just finished up in July, uh, this program we have called the Young Investors Academy. It's a four week program where we teach uh, two weeks is on stocks, So it's a it's a way deeper dive into stocks and two weeks on real estate. I teach the real estate portion. So the value of, of ownership, why you should have it, as well as investing in why you should do it and how you should do it. So I teach that at the high school level. Um, I'm not expecting them to go out there and buy properties right away. But it's, I just want to expose them to the information because I felt like if I had been exposed to this in my high school years, my trajectory would be totally different. So that's, that's one thing I'm big on, man. I love doing that. I love the impact, especially when I get the emails from the kids on asking me more information. Like, how can I do this? How can I do that? Man, like I gave them all the copy of my book for free because I want to expose them. You know what I mean? I didn't have that growing up. I'm sure you didn't either, but you know, we do now. We can make an impact though by by doing it, by exposing them early. Right, I agree with you. That's why I,
0: I do that too. I do mentorship, um, civil Back society. We go speak to 8 boys and I introduce, I do, I do technology, but also introduce financial literacy as well. I talk about real estate, stock, uh, tech jobs, and stuff like that. How much money you can make? That's fine Because um, it's it's very important. Like if, like I said, like you said, man, if we had this when we, when we was younger. I mean, we we would be up there already. But, oh, yeah. uh, do since you uh, teach, you, do you teach your kids anything? Because I teach my kids about stock and real estate and stuff like that.
1: So I try to, man. Uh, I got young kids, two and five. So they're okay. not really at their age yet. But I do like the five year old, I take them with me to the properties and stuff like that just to expose them to it. Like I got some of them named after them, like the, the entity that's owned it, that owns the property is named after them. So I just, you know, try to make them, I'm trying to expose them as much as possible. Once they get to that age, then I'll be teaching them for sure, for sure. Like, bro, they're going to be straight. Like, you know, we used to think that trust fund babies and all that was a white people thing. Not yes. my family. Not yes. my family. Shit no. Thank Scoot you. Excuse my language
0: thank you for thank you for bringing that up um because in our community we we're, like that's really unfamiliar people having wills, trust and stuff like that can you explain to people um what is a trust and how do you structure your trust uh entities and stuff like that
1: okay so before i talk about this i am no attorney this right. is my disclaimer this is for educational informational purposes only <laughs> do what you want with the information go verify with an attorney um yeah. but a will and a trust. Let's talk about this. So when you have a will, all it's saying is that you're writing down what you want your wishes to be, your last wishes when you die. So where you want your assets to go, you know, things like that. When you die without a will, you're leaving it up to the government to dictate where you want your assets to go. So that's a will. So whether you die with or without a will, you're going to go through prob- probate court is what it's called, and you're going to pay its fees involved with that. So it's up to you if you want to do that. I have a will. My family, we all have wills so we dictate where we want our stuff to go. Now, if you want to level up and go a little bit of, above that, it's something called a trust, a living trust. So, what a living trust does is it skips probate court altogether. So, when I pass, my stuff does not have to go to probate court. I don't have to my family, my state doesn't have to pay probate fees, court fees for the judge and the attorneys. Like, I don't have to pay that because I skip it all altogether and my property, whatever I dictate in my will and my trust It goes directly to my heirs or my beneficiaries of the trust. So that's the whole purpose of it. The government doesn't get into your information, into your business, and you just skip probate court and the fees altogether. And then you, you, when you die without a will, man, that's you leave people to fight for your stuff, like family members. Like you don't want to do all that. Get your stuff together. It doesn't even cost that much.
0: Yeah, man, I agree. I agree with that because I've seen, I know people, um, (laughs) friends. Who fight with their siblings for assets? um People moving into people' houses, just moving because they have access to it. They don't even own it. Like it, it, it can be long, long drawn out and expensive. So yeah, get stuff in order, to get a trust or a will, anything that keep it moving on your family aspect. Yep. And um, don't
1: think, my bad. Don't think that do you have to do it when you're older. Like we oh, never no, know, know going to come. Do it today. Do, do it, it now.
0: today. Now. Yeah. Because anything can happen. Yep. All right. So, uh, what's the future of your organization, your brokerage firm? Uh, what do you think? You, where will you take it?
1: Uh, to be honest, I want to have multiple locations in the next five years, and eventually get to a point where it's big enough to where I can franchise it. Honestly, so that's that's my goal. I'm building out systems, uh, just just figuring out like how can I make this bigger. Like I read this book, man. Um, and this this is a good one. We just finished now, maybe like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, with the brokerage. So I book the book club. So it was called the book is 10 X is easier than two X. It's by Mm. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Kennedy, I believe in that book, man. It talks about how if you want to go two X, all you got to do is do the same thing you already doing. Just go a little harder. So put in more time, put in more hours, put in more energy. But if you want to go 10 X, you got to change everything up. Like it got to be a radical change. So. In the book, it talks about the 80-20 principle. Uh, I think it's uh, Pareto's principle. So like 20% of your income. I'm sorry. Is it saying it right? No. All right. So you familiar with the Pareto's principle? Mm -mm, No. Oh, damn. Okay. So the 80-20 rule? Yeah, yeah, I heard the 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So your outcome outcome is coming from 20% of the results, stuff like that? Yeah. So essentially what what the book got me thinking is I needed to get rid of 80% Of what I was doing, what I'm doing and outsource that to an assistant. So two weeks ago I hired an assistant. So now I'm focusing on giving her all the tasks, that 80%. So I can only focus on the 20. Because if you focus only on the 20, that's how you scale, that's how you get larger, that's how you 10x. Focus on the 20% of things that's really driving the results. So read that book, man. It's crazy. So it's it's a radical change. So it got me thinking: like, I need to focus on how I can make this thing bigger. I gotta stop thinking like small stop thinking about just what i could do locally like how can i impact the masses how can i get larger so people you know that's what that's what i'm doing bro i'm trying to 10x everything now man My, when you expand your mind it can't go back like a rubber band once you once you pull it all the it can't go back man so that's what i'm I at agree. with
0: it. i agree that's what's up i like that i like that i like that that's what's up yo um all right man that's all the questions i have for you um where can the people follow you i will post your website for your uh, business up right here uh right there,
1: service first
0: um, re.com, i have it on here where can the people yeah. follow you at Get so i'm book. on
1: a, yeah so gotincomestreams.com is where the books are housed um on all platforms i'm cousin sells la cousin sells la that's ig facebook instagram tiktok youtube i'm on all that cousin sells la and I, I try to uh lately I've been trying to do some videos, man, where I'm educating the people, you know what I mean, with the the, the knowledge. Um, so I hired a company to do my social media marketing now. So we, we recorded a lot of content, so that'll be coming out, but also check out the podcast, the Financial Flows Podcast. So everything real estate and personal finance.
0: Man, thank you, man. You dropped a lot of information in jim's over here. Make sure y'all follow, share, and like this episode. Follow Cousin Sales LA. Check out uh, service first real estate. Check out his book. Trust me, y'all. He's giving a whole lot of game. Most of the stuff appreciate is already him. doing this for free. Already there's already out there. Um, so make sure you follow Financial Flow Podcast. It's a great podcast, great content. Follow him if needing the real estate needs in Louisiana or the surrounding areas, let him know. Man, appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for dropping so much knowledge and giving up so
1: much of your valuable time. Appreciate you, bro. I know it's been we trying to get this done for a minute, but I appreciate we finally do it, man. Everything is done at the right time, man. God's time. You know what I mean?
0: I appreciate that. All right, y'all. Make sure y'all like this, subscribe, follow, share. See y'all next time. We out. Peace. Thank you, bro. Thank you.